Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome everybody to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 108. I am your host Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me today is our resident librarian, Sarah Timono. Hey buddy, how's it going? Woo, not bad. Also 108, that's like a number with a lot of significance, isn't it? In a lot of different thingies? Uh, sure. Did you not play Sweet Odin? Nope. Oh, well you should do that. Well, I know we had to catch 108 Pokemon in the Halloween quest this year in Pokemon Go. There we go. Like, that's another thing. Like, 108 is a number with a lot of significance in a lot of, of Asian religions. Apparently it's very spoopy, too. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, Talas is not joining us this week because he is currently out at KupoCon, so that lucky bastard is having fun out there. He better report on it uh, when he comes back in uh, three weeks. Um, just so you everybody is aware, our next episode will be on December 7th. Um, we're, getting, we're taking a little bit of extra time off um, around the Thanksgiving holiday, and then we will have our next episode after that on the 21st, then take another three-week break through uh christmas and new year's and we will return in 2020 on january 11th so make sure to keep those dates in mind so because we're kind of changing our schedule just slightly for the holiday season no one interferes with my thanksgiving it is the most food holiday well i mean it's it's a fun holiday i mean you get to spend time with family friends um Uh, it's the most food holiday that's the important bit is it the most food holiday? It's the one that is all about having a celebratory feast. Like, that is the entire focus of it. That's true. Oh, that, that and then the uh, obligatory evil shopping day right after. Oh, yeah, no, I completely dip out of that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah. So what have you been up to since the last episode? Um, a fair bit of crafting. Uh, not 80 on everything yet, but I'm at the mid-70s to 80s on everything. Uh, leveling some jobs. Just kind of exploring around, going at a gentle pace on things, taking it easy. Uh, watching the Ishgardian Restoration go along, which I know we'll be talking about. Oh, yes. Yeah. But yeah, nothing. I knew it was kind of just like taking it easy and enjoying myself. Well, that's always a good thing. You know, you don't want to necessarily rush into new content. Yeah. Like a lot of people have been, but uh, eh, it is what it is. People did did hit Ishgard Restoration pretty hard, which I feel like at least some of what happened might have been foreseeable, and at least they implemented a fix pretty quickly, and we'll see how it goes from there. I know people were suggesting some pretty extreme solutions, like visits entirely. Oh, I'm glad they didn't Turn that off. Just closing off. You know, we'll talk about that in a second, I suppose. We don't want to spoil yeah. it. Hash, we're, we're spoiling enough things today, so we don't want to spoil everything right away, do we? I don't actually have an argument. I just wanted to be all about things. <sighs> all right. As far as... why you tolerate me. Well, eh. Tolerate is a strong word. I was trying to choose the most ambivalent word I could, and it still wasn't enough. Uh, As far as what I've been up to, um, I've been working on crafters as well. I've gotten three of them up to level 80. Um, I have done 
Um, been still working on leveling my white mage now, uh, level 78, I believe. So, you know, making good progress. That's going to be one, two, three, four, five. My sixth level 80 um, war job. It's pretty good, I think. You're on your way to your Amaro. Which uh, Pixie already has. I don't know if you guys follow her out on Twitter. But she's already got, she's gotten all of her classes up to 80. So she's got her Amaro mount. I probably will never get it because I hate Thaumaturge and Pugilist. Oh. I mean, those are, I think, the only two jobs that I don't have job stones for. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay, you are committed to your loading of them. <laughs> um, aside from that, we've been working on the, uh, like, like Sarah said, we've been rebuilding Ishgard. We did, I did finally actually get to join in one of the concert, uh, concerted works. Concerted works, yes. Yes. Um, I missed out on the previous ones due to poor timing and then overpopulation on other ser servers but um that's no longer an issue so yeah. it's also something that they go like they'll have hours upon hours of preparation but then the actual thing is usually done within five minutes which is kind of insane even now yeah yeah it is the sheer power of adventurers all concentrated into a single space with a single goal like, this is the type of thing that governments suppress because of their, uh, their fear of how powerful it is. We are very powerful. Once you can get us all pointed in the same direction. Yeah, that's true. All right, so let's yeah. talk about some game and community news. Um, first and foremost, uh, it was announced earlier this week that a number of Final Fantasy games will be coming to the Xbox, Xbox Game Pass. Um. According to reports that I found on The Verge, yes, I know The Verge, but still, it, it, this was legit. A number of uh, games are going to be coming right away to their Game Pass. Uh, a number more are going to be coming next year. And according to Microsoft's gaming chief, Phil Spencer, they say there are plans for the company to bring Final Fantasy XIV to the service at a later date. Um quoted as saying i want you to know rest assured that we will be bringing that game to xbox said spencer uh we have a great relationship with yoshida san and we're working through what it means to bring a cross-platform mmo that they've run for years thoughts on that i mean good for them i guess i i get that there's this rivalry but i don't know why Eh, it's just because, you know, it's 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 the Coke Pepsi thing. Ford Chevy. Uh PlayStation yeah, you Xbox. We didn't have to suffer through the through the console wars. We lost a lot of good people in those wars. Wait, what am I talking about? <laughs> Back in my day, we played Nintendo and liked it. We blew on our cartridges. <laughs> but I still remember the ads and I kind of hate that I do. Huh. What, what I mean, Se Sega does what Nintendo don't? Yeah, that's one of the ones I remember. It was a catchy line. Mm -hmm. I never had but, a Sega. I mean, neither did I, but I remember the line. And of course, Ian has to start off with the OK Boomers and gets Nick Nar to join in. <laughs> oh my god, I will set all of you on fire. <laughs> OK Boomer. <laughs> He's mad because I actually pulled that on him earlier this week. <laughs> oh, 
God. And the funniest bit is, I'm older than him. Yeah, you're not allowed to say that when you're older than me. That doesn't even make hmm. sense. Okay, Boomer. All right. Uh, some Final Fantasy fourteen news. Um, this was j- just announced earlier today. Uh, I believe it happened early, early this morning, but um, the Epic of Alexander has been cleared. Um, congratulations to Team Thoughts Per Second from the Radiance Free Company out on Gilgamesh for being the first team to clear uh, the Epic of Alexander. Good job, everyone. So, the, uh, an NA team... Go ahead, sorry. I hadn't been following it uh, too much. Were there any fun things like we'd had with previous Ultimates? Um, one of the things that I had read is that it is one of the most... They, they say it's probably the most difficult one of the three. Hmm. Um, I haven't been keeping up with it either. I know Chili said that, uh, you know, I, I think I had said that if Chili jumps into it, I will, but he does it when I'm at work, so there's not much I can do then. Yeah. Uh, I, the clear time was something around four and a half days. I try and remember, but I feel like that's the other ones. I think it's right in line with the others as well, so. Okay. It's kind of what well, they expect. I, I know it used to be that, that was about the time when they would get like a, the full clear of the uh, Savage tier back in like th- 2.x and 3.x. Mm-hmm. Now it's cleared in a day. But that's well, just how the they're, sa- they're tuning it that way. The Savage stuff is no longer the end game. Yeah. Glamour is the true end game. It always has been. And may it always be thus. <laughs> Praise Lava Scorpion. Uh, they've also announced, uh, winners of the furnishing design contest for 2019. Um, and they some really cute ones in there this year. Yeah, we'll post that out on the, uh, Twitch chat as well as our, uh, show notes for those of you listening out on the podcast. Don't worry. We haven't forgot about you either. Um, they posted a cute note from the guild masters of the three city states. Adventures of the realm. Our appeal to artisans of all disciplines to share with us their visions has led to the submission of an astonishing number of wondrous designs. We, the Guildmasters of Eorzea, were so inundated that selecting winners from such a wealth of inspired creations was nigh impossible. Yet select we did. So thanks to our honorable participants, homeowners of the realm, homeowners the realm over will soon have the opportunity to decorate their abodes with an exquisite selection of innovative furnishings. Pray accept our eternal gratitude for further raising the standard of aesthetic excellence. God damn it, that's a tongue twister. We <laughs> <laughs> um, heard some people being very excited about the addition of an honest to God's toilet. I know this is something that a lot of home builders have uh, cobbled together something out of various bits and pieces. So being able to do an actual decent looking toilet is realize there was a demand for but if you're trying to make a realistic looking house i can make sense i can hear chili saying in the background but it's not the marble toilet no one wants the marble toilet apparently chili wants the marble toilet and i think there's a few people out there who want it whether they it's a good thing or not but uh they are no longer allowed to have opinions but it is a thing and nick now wants gold yes yes so like <laughs> like a golden toilet or yes yes he no. loves gold no golden toilets that is uncomfortably close to straight into politics 
Ah. <laughs> uh. All right. So the other thing, that, big thing that happened this week was patch 5.11 came out. Um, some of the things that we got out of that, well, the ultimate Alexander raid that was beaten uh, earlier this morning, and then for pretty much everyone else, um, we got discard restoration. Yep. Uh, there was a number of new housing furnishings and orchestrion roles added. Um, the new lean back emote and hairstyle, which I believe come from the restoration. Yep. Hang um, on. A number of new mounts and minions uh, yeah. um, that come from a number of sources, most of which are the uh, Ishgard Restoration. And then, okay. of course, Ishgard Restoration, which they realized they had to fix something on it because as people were going cross-server to join in on other, other servers' concerted works, it was locking out people who were on their homeworld. And this was uh, another one where Yoshi P did uh, go ahead and make a post on the forums where he was talking about what was going on with that. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting about it was he noted they actually expected that people were going to be hopping from world to world. And this was part of the intended design because you have some worlds that are much more active in terms of their crafting and gathering scenes than others. Yes. So they figured that the ones that were more active could lend a hand to the others so that there wouldn't be too much of a gap between them. But that's something like, that... Given- that should have been implemented after they saw what the demand was. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's the same uh, reasoning I, behind I, I the feel- fact that they have multiple instances of of uh, zones when the uh, new expansion comes out. I feel like it was. It's not unreasonable to have tried it and see. There wasn't a lot of harm done in this. Case. No, I mean the the issue is, like I said, there are people who were trying to get in on their home world to do a concerted works, but they couldn't because the zone was completely full. Right. No, no I ex- and I mean, I get, I get that that sucks and all. I'm just saying, in this case, it doesn't feel like a lot of harm was done. So it's like maybe in hindsight we could say that such and such would have been better, but I think it's reasonable that they didn't know and like. I think it's reasonable for them to have tried it the way they did. No, no I, I understand. I, I guess, but I just think that you know, knowing the the player base the way we do, um, they're hungry to you know finish things as fast as possible. Sure, they know the player base in a different way, wherein they can actually pull out all the stuff of like server data and who's utilizing what and the like. So they may get a different picture on some things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the the, the fact that uh, completing the uh, concerted works gives you uh, a level of experience and five hundred of the uh, the uh, the t- the script. scripts. Yeah, I mean it's always script. Yeah, I mean I think that the script portion of it was a little bit rich, <laughs> and I mean it it allowed people to actually get enough of the currency to get the mount and a number of things already. Yeah, I mean you can see me. I'm leaning back. And that was what three thousand ish? Uh, eighteen hundred. Okay. Whereas the mount was eighty four hundred. Now that said, uh, given that, as far as I could tell, there would be in total six concerted works because there's two stages for uh two shifts for each of the stages, about three thousand script. The rest of that comes from people very obsessively craft. Um, or very obsessively going to other servers before they blocked it. Maybe, but I saw a lot of people crafting pretty hardcore. And of course, we have to have a, uh, a Nicknar behind us. (laughs) That window, yo. Peck window? I don't know. 
All right. Um, Anyways, I get that it's not necessarily the uh, greatest uh, thing, but at the same time, it feels like something where there was rel- not as much harm done. I'm willing to give them a pass on this one. Yeah, there, the, the more harm was done by Nicknar running into the screen here. Eh, I don't know. I feel like he's pulling off that look pretty well. <laughs> um, so, you know, being we didn't get a chance to really talk about it much uh, on the last show, what are your thoughts on the new uh, changes to crafting? Oh, so, yeah, it's better that you asked about it now because the last couple of weeks I've actually been messing around with it. Uh, at the moment, I feel fairly comfortable with it. It feels like some stuff is actually a little bit, bit less random swingy. Uh, they did take out the stuff that makes it... Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. There's a lot of stuff that... Uh, like the things where you absolutely had to begin with a certain type of thing, where you uh, were doing a lot, having to keep track of and manipulate your CP a lot throughout it. A lot of the uh, more chant, uh, random chance-driven ones, where you would also have the ability to reclaim. So it would be uh, something where you're taking a chance on various breaking in and reclaiming the materials if it didn't work, stuff like that. They seem to be moving, moved away from a lot of that. The structure of the current one feels a bit easier to work with. Uh, Like, it's a lot less uh, complex and more accessible. And that was also something, actually, in Yoshi P's comments about the Ishgard restoration, he mentioned that the uh, crafting changes were done in concert with that to try to get more people into it. So it seems like they're going for something that's a little less, a little simpler, something where you don't necessarily need to have a macro for everything and, oh, you don't bother crafting until you know what the current set of macros are, which was something that had annoyed me a little bit about the previous rounds of crafting. Fair enough. I was just distracted by the the dancing uh, bunny lion uh, trying to try, trying out for Cadbury commercials behind us. Oh my god, you think that's... Distracting? Damn straight boys. <laughs> so sensitive. No, oh, we're, we're, look, we're, oh, the no. big heavy guy in drag is no. prancing around. We were just having That's fun with it in chat. That's all. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna mock you. Of course. Um, I'm starting. I'm starting to get used to it again. I, I spent a good amount of time um, creating macros to change over all of my hotbars because I was too lazy to do it. Uh, one by one, plus it made them all the same because all of the uh, skills are the same. So yeah. why not? That is something where uh, I know under the previous ones, there were partly because of the cross-class actions and the fact that some were way more critical than others, you would have, like there was a marked difference in how easy it was to do stuff for some classes versus others. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice that it puts everybody on the level playing field as far as what skills they have available to them and with that being said there's a few of the skills that you learn from 70 to 80 that i'm really enjoying especially that level 80 skill oh my god i mean the level 80 skill is just a big time saver all around i was using it for ishgard restoration since it lets you uh instantly cap out the level 70 craft yeah um i've been using it on my custom deliveries so i can you know for like the the previous uh tier one so i can just cap them out like in one shot and then turn them in on uh lower level jobs yep 
I th we've seen this with other stuff uh, like battle content, where as uh, the game progresses and as, as you get to higher level, there's some amount of, okay, we're going to let you skip through some of the er earlier stuff that's now a little bit easier, and there's no sense in making you struggle through that much when like the rewards are uh, not as good or the other things are outdated. Yeah. And so this seems to be just applying that same kind of ethos to this other type of content as well. Now, on the converse, have you done much gathering because of the uh, restoration? I'm assuming you've done a fair amount. I did a bit. I was so gathering is a bit different in that at least for Ishgardian restoration, none of the uh, items that are being requested are gathering collectible. So the only thing you're really gathering for is to get those specialized sky builder ingredients. Mm -hmm. Now that said, I certainly went and got a batch of them in order to um, make up some things, but it's not needed in the same way at all. I will say, though, that um, the quick gathering is really nice. Oh, oh my God. Quick gathering, I love so, and so much. The, the, it with, has, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, the like, quick gathering. Yes, that is a thing of beauty. Long may we praise whoever made that happen. <laughs> Especially with pick clean. For lower level materials, where I often don't necessarily care about the high quality of it because it's not going to contribute meaningfully to the finished product, when uh, pick clean, uh, quick gather, and I can have 10 or 12 from a single node. And I, you can do it multiple times in a row. Hmm. It's so much nice. I haven't messed with pick clean yet, though. I mean, I probably should use it with the, uh, um, the, 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 the restoration materials since they're only NQ. Yeah, uh, that is a good point. The restoration materials are only NQ. It's not, it does uh, seem like something where they're saying, hey, we don't want you to try to cheese through spending a lot for high quality green so like you are going to have to demonstrate some amount of crafting skill yeah that said there's lots of low level recipes so even if you're struggling with those higher level ones you can still make and contribute something yeah i found the the level 60 is a really nice spot if you're looking to level up your crafters um you still get a, a decent you don't get a ton of xp for making the item but you get a good amount for turning it in yeah the turn-ins are definitely um, but you do get a good amount of experience if you're crafting the level 70 stuff. I was seeing in the neighborhood of, uh, 100 to 200,000 XP. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was actually was doing it on a high level crafts because I was mostly going for the scripts. Gotcha. So I'm not quite sure. No, I was mainly doing it for the leveling. So, mm. but like and I said, it is something. It is content where there's a lot of different things to get out of it right now. Yep, and the fact that uh, you can actually do this as a level 30 crafter and gatherer is really nice. Mm-hmm. I think there's some crafts that go even lower, aren't there? 20 maybe? My log. 20 to 30, somewhere in there? Hang on, Ishgard Restoration. The lowest level one is a level 20 recipe. So if you want to just get into um, crafting, this is a great way to not only you know level up fast, but uh, learn... The new rotations as well as you know um get scripts to get some cool items and uh yeah it, i mean it's a win-win realistically also quite frankly a lot well not quite frankly but also just as a bonus a lot of the item uh descriptions both for finished items and for the uh ingredients for them are just really funny yeah i feel like i should just like provide a selection here all right, I'll wait. Let's see. 
Dun-dun. But not too long. Okay, actually, let's go with the item descriptions. So we have, all of them, of course, have Sky Builder in the name, so it's fairly easy to search for them. So we have Sky Builder's Iron Ore. While this match may look much like any other iron ore found in Middle Lenosha, there are subtle differences that only an expert in the field will recognize. The name for one is considerably longer. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Sky Builders. Let's see. Sky Builders Iron Sand. The tradition of measuring powdered substances in units of pinches has been the cause of many arguments, largely due to differences in finger size between the various races. Folk in eastern Thanalan, where this sample was gathered, have been known to ask Lalafels to measure when selling and Rogadin when buying, for obvious reasons. <laughs> Skybuilder's Ashlog. Ash. Ah, savior of the firmament. That one was funny. That one was funny. But you did it, you did it wrong. Yeah, I was going to go, try to say Ash! Ah! There you it's go. It's true. <laughs> uh, Sky Builder's Dawn Lizard. One day, this poor lizard is chasing other, smaller, scurrying creatures across the desert plains of... And the next, it is being transported to another world and dragged lashing and kicking to Ishgard. The chances of the cold-blooded scale kin being content in its frozen new surroundings are slim at best, and you can only hope that the sky builders are grateful to you for supplying a miserable and motionless lizard. <laughs> Several of the item descriptions do point out uh, the, that it's a little bit weird that you are dragging in materials from other worlds for this project. Lovely. Oh yes, sky builders wheat. Were the other contributors to hear that you traveled to Am Arang in the first simply to procure wheat? They would think you're just trying to show off. I'm not sure they'd be wrong either. Oh, like, is this who that? needs to go to another dimension just to bring in some wheat? Another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yes, they had a bit of their characteristic humor, which I do. You're really cutting in and out quite a bit lately. I Huh, I am right up to my microphone. So I don't think it's sad. It, I, I think you're having issues with... Uh, I don't know if it's uh, going through Discord properly or not. Weird. It is weird. Well, we'll uh, see if we can't get through this. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into um, our discussion topic then. Uh, this week we are going to be uh, going through the patch 5.1 storyline. Um, so if you have not yet finished... 5.1, this is your spoiler warning. By this, I mean spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Good enough? Yeah, that'll work. Okay. <clears throat> I love that effect on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so patch 5.1 starts with us back in uh, um, Mordona at the, uh, the Rising Stones. I was going to say the Waking Sands, but that's in uh, the that's the old one. Yeah. Um, and the Falling Snows never happened. Rip, Harshafont. Harshafont. Hashtag Whatever. too soon. It will always be too soon. <laughs> um, apparently, Nick Nar needs more pigs in space. Oh, dear. <laughs> hey, I got to give them what they want, all right? Do 
uh, you cut out there, but I'm assuming you said, do yeah. you? And I'm going to say, yes, I do. See, you don't actually need me here. <laughs> I am that predictable at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Tataru updates us on the situation in the source. Um, apparently the fighting at the Gimlet Dark has given way to a... Uh, a, a, a ceasefire of sorts, um, but otherwise things are pretty quiet on the uh, the battlefront with the Garleans. Um, Which, given what we uh, had been told was going to happen in the original timeline, no news is very much good news this yeah. time around. Um, and apparently we have a helper that wanted to meet us, but uh, hasn't been answering their link pearl, so somebody's doing some work out there still. Um... Uh, Tataru then asks us to tell her and Philomen, I'm bad with pronouncing that name. Philomen. Okay. Um, about our adventures on the first. Um, so, of course, we have to tell them all about what happened. Uh, stories with the Scions and Reen, or Minifilia, um, before we're interrupted by Riol, uh, who's stepping in for Thancred now, um, who's reporting that he has no word from our helper. And we'll be sneaking back to the Imperial border to try and get, regain contact again. Uh, he's also letting us know that Kryle wants to talk to us because uh, there has been a change with the uh, the, the Scions. Um, so we go and talk with Kryle and she uh, tells us that uh, the results of her latest examination have shown that the link between uh, the bodies and souls is slowly weakening. Um, it's more evident on those that have been uh, that were taken first, um, so the twins are the uh, least affected, and Thancred would be the most affected at this point. Yep, she does note that it's subtle, but once she knew to look for it, she could see it all over. Yeah, um, while she and Master Matoya, the real Master Matoya and Nadishtola, uh, will do their best to maintain their stability uh, with this. Uh, new bit of news time is running out and we have to uh work faster to find a solution um so with that bit of information we go back to the first and we talk with um the crystal exarch and the scions to let them know what was found and um after a bunch of discussion and maybe a little bit of argument um we come across uh. a possible solution um, what? Ishtola's snark in that scene was beautiful. <laughs> Ishtola's always got a lot of snark. It's true. Um, we came across the uh, um, the solution. Um, that would be something that we have seen and used in the past. White Aurasite. Man, that stuff is just like crystallized plop. It, it, it captures it captures Asians. It stores the souls of our buddies. It uh, brightens your floors and makes a delicious dessert topping. Let's just call it the MacGuffin. Sure, we'll go with that. All right. So with the oh, white ma the white MacGuffin, <laughs> um, which they th theorize can be used to carry their souls across uh, from the first back to the source. Um, as one of our possessions because be being we are the only one that crosses back and forth with not only our body but everything that is attached to us including our um, items in our bags yes the i the way they describe it the idea of this like uh, of treating the others as our possessions 
Okay, uh, I see what you're saying from a theoretical level, but also that just sounds kind of awkward. I own you, Ishtola. <laughs> just kidding. I feel like she would be the worst one to say that to. <laughs> Why do you think I said it? <sighs> because she... you apparently are tired of living. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, um, in order to do that, um, it, we would have to find somebody who has the knowledge um, of uh, being able to transfer and preserve the soul of somebody. Um, and yeah. nobody is, in the party is, is currently familiar enough with that, but... This is very advanced uh, soulcraft work. This is uh, not something that we can do with our current level, and it's explicitly, we are going to need an expert in this because this is otherwise something very potentially dangerous. I wonder if Moonbrita could have done it. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> but the Crystal Exarch knows somebody who may be able to help us. You want to take the next one? Sure. We'll go back and so, forth. Now, Oriange is going to remain behind in order to fashion the White Orosite, and we join the Exarch, the Twins, and Ishtola in Lakeland, where a boat waits to bear us to the Great Lakes Southern Banks. There, in a palatial mansion called the Grand Cosmos, who was once a court magician in the Kingdom of Verbert, and who remains the greatest known expert in soulcraft, maintains his solitary life. Or their solitary life. Right. Numu are gender neutral. The, the, yeah. the word missed was Numo, because you kind of cut out right there. Ah, oh, I am really getting annoyed at my... I wonder what's going on with that. Uh, if you want to try restarting uh, Discord real quick, I can wait. Um, I'll do after this, uh, since okay. this section is fairly short. Um, now the I was, was going to ask, though, why do you think they call it the Grand Cosmos? That I'm not sure of. Uh... I mean, cosmos is a word that also has a meaning also relating to, like, order. So I wondered if it has something to do with that, kind of like the grand design, the grand order, or something like that. I'm not really sure where that name came from. You know, I saw no references of apple pie in there either. Uh... Please tell me you get the reference. I'm actually not seeing it right now. Cosmos by Carl Sagan. Oh. If you want to create the perfect apple pie first, you have to create the universe. I mean, this is technically true. You could have also said something about billions and billions. Yes, but I like apple pie. I mean, who doesn't? People <laughs> who are wrong or have allergies, which is like your body being wrong. Not your body, just your body. Yes. All right. Sorry. Continue. Anyways, um, <laughs> but so open the reclusive nature of this Numu, uh, the Exarch suggests that we draw their interest with a frontal assault, <laughs> bursting through the main gate and defeating uh, the mage's familiars. Who does that to try and make friends? We this do, apparently. Okay. Like, apparently this is just how you make friends with the Warrior of Darkness. You go and you fight some stuff, and it's like, we're buddies now. Ha-ha! <laughs> and we do, uh, we do exactly what we do best fight our way uh through this mansion full of magical traps and beasts uh we do face fierce resistance and triumphant before that mage in the deepest chambers of the mansion now the new move one beck lug is at first resistant to our request the exarch and alphano eventually win a war of words with them including more than a few unfair ones like shake beg 
I was I, uncomfortable I with that. Alpha knows. But the, if you were watching me play through this during Extra Life, you saw how the level un, of uh, uncom- uncomfortableness that I was feeling at these terrible things that they were doing to this poor Numo. It always feels a little bit awkward. Like, this feels like an intelligent, living, breathing creature, and we're pretty much treating them like a dog. It's like putting a cheat code in when you're playing Doom. You're basically just forcing your hand there. Yeah. Though it was kind of funny. (laughs) I mean, I get that we're in a lot of situations where circumstance has kind of forced our hand, but it still feels a little awkward. Uh, but Becklug does agree to help, contingent on our aiding in their research, and we return to the Crystal Tower to discuss the situation in greater detail. I mean, it's only fair that we off we help him with help them with the work that they're gonna do on our behalf. Yeah, like this is a reason, and this is one of the things uh, with a new move. They always want it to be a fair deal. Yes, even though they really want to make sure to please the people they're working with, they do want to want it to be fair and equitable. Um, poor uh, Beck Lug is uh, if you've if you've done the uh, the tank roll quest, you'll recognize this particular Numo, and you'll understand why they became so reclusive. Yeah, they have good reason to feel like they should be staying out of these affairs. But, uh, like I said, if you've done it, I think you got another option that you could choose, which uh, allowed them to kind of recognize that you are not just like everybody else. Uh, So I I had done the relevant role quests, and you do get another option. It's that, but it is something where you're showing that you are aware of what's going on. And then they're like, yeah, so you get why I'm not happy about this. Yeah. It's less of a, oh, this helps you negotiate, and more of just a, you show that you have understanding of what's going on with it. Also, if you chose the uh, uh, to use the option um, that uh, had one of the words of power in it, you're a terrible person. I believe in this case, talking about how you would not lie down. Oh, I always feel a little bad. <laughs> They're so nice, and they just want to be helpful. And then we do that to them. Yeah. Um, getting getting back into the actual dungeon, though, um, what were your thoughts on some of the different... Um, we may have talked a little bit about it last time, but I, I want to get a little more in-depth on some of the mechanics that we experience in that dungeon. Like, namely, that, that last fight. I, I thought it was really cool where you had to actually burn the furniture... In order to survive. I felt a little bit bad about it. It's like, oh my god, these are probably priceless relics. And we're just, uh, we have to burn each one. I get that this is part of the mechanics, but I feel bad about it. But he set us on fire. <sighs> I mean, I guess they did start it. We and didn't start the fire. <sighs> Why don't you go ahead and restart so I'm in the Discord. market for a new left. <laughs> <laughs> anyways Watch. i'm gonna go ahead and restart discord while you do the next bit all right so at this point uh beck Lug suggests we employ the use oh wait i skipped one never mind he informs us that uh our site plan for that to work uh the souls of the scions would need to be made dormant um the discussion of dormant souls reminds alice 
of her time back at the uh, in at Journey's head with those afflicted by the um, the light poisoning from the sin eaters. Um, at her request, um, the twins, the Warrior of Light, and uh, uh, Beklug head to Amarang, um, and we see what we can maybe do to help them out, which may help with our research. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Although there is uh, always the element of some of what we find may be useful for other stuff, a lot of it is just about the fact that hey, we're kind of the good guys here. We're the ones who help out. We don't want to leave this world and leave stuff undone. And so if we see an opportunity to patch up these remaining things, we're going to go for it. And if it can help our research, even better. Yeah, it's a nice bonus. We're killing two birds with one stone. So killing birds is bad. Don't kill birds. <laughs> well, unless, like, you really need some rail tenderloin. For mm, that. Tenderloin. Exactly. Killing birds is sometimes awesome. I forget where I was going with this. <laughs> All right. Um, so upon examining a few of those stricken by the light, uh, Beck Lug tells us of a tonic that they used back in Volbert that uh, would stimulate the ether of one's body. And they surmise that it could uh, maybe have a positive effect on those stricken. So we go around and we uh, try it out on a few of the patients there with limited success uh a couple of them do show a little bit of uh um positive um changes but uh it seems the further along in their uh, transformation they are the uh, less effect it actually has um and beck luke surmises that it's because they're just too far gone and the light aether has uh not only affected their um, corporeal aether, that of their body, but the incorporeal aether of their soul. Yeah, this was something where they introduced in this uh, patch the concept of corporeal and incorporeal aether, which may uh, have implications for a bunch of other things explaining previous stuff. Uh, but of course, I could care less about this kind of metaphysical nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I, I do find that the concept is very interesting, but um, I don't know where else we can where we can really pull from that other than that uh, it's big words to use in the storyline. <laughs> it's something that might have implications for later stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. leave it there for now. I, I feel that, it, yeah, it could definitely uh, poke towards something that uh, we end up having to do. Well, like I said, it, it's the difference between their body and their mind, I guess, or their soul. Yep. There have been questions about, like, what exactly is the nature of ether? Does this particular thing, like, is it a body thing? Is it a soul thing? How does this stuff behave? So having there be, once again, uh, kind of a dual-natured thing to it, I think saves a lot of problems or takes care of a lot of questions that people might have had about stuff. Yeah. So um, Beck Lug notes that while it might be possible for the soul to repair itself, um, even, you know, if this potion doesn't work, it could take years or decades for the soul to, you know, fix itself. Um, and yeah. Alice is basically begging Beck Lug to help find a way to treat those who are further gone. Uh, they even have, uh, one had a comment about, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name. Uh, yeah, it starts with an H, doesn't uh, it? 
Halric. Yes, that's about the, the idea of like Halric might wake up someday to find that he's an old man. Yet his soul is still back in in his uh, youthful state. Right, but his body having aged, if it's something where it takes that long for it to fix, he might regains consciousness to find, oh, hey, he's now an old withered man. Not really the outcome that they're looking for here. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Becklug does suggest as of a familiar as a conduit for Aether revitalizing magic. They note that this treatment would have been pointless while light was still filling the skies, but thanks to our efforts, uh, we do have a chance now. Uh, and an impatient Alice, as mentioned, interrupts the metaphysics lesson uh, <laughs> as saying, hey, I don't really care how, how about this, these details. How do we make this happen? I think that was basically the story writer's way of saying, I don't know how to explain this. Let's make Alice a, uh, be the excuse for not having to explain it. I mean, I view it kind of like the whole thing. Remember way, way back ages ago when Alphino and Hien were going to discuss politics for like 20 hours. And meanwhile, it's like, why don't you go and show this guy around or something? Yeah. And then a batch of us were like, no, we want to discuss the politics. <laughs> I actually would have been extremely interested to find out what they actually meant by that. The politics or the metaphysics? The metaphysics, actually. Oh, a lot of people would be. And at this point, I think it was a little more. Yeah, we don't really want to go down this road right now. But we do. The writers, uh, the writers have enough going on. I don't care. Just kidding. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but so uh, uh, we find that the crafting of the familiar will require the purest of waters, the finest of clays, and a fey lantern brimming with pixie magic. Alice recommends that she and Alphano go to Ilmeg to play with the pixies again, and we head to Twine to get the clay. In Amarang, the miners helpfully direct us to Mount Biron to get the clay. Jarek is a little less than helpful at this point. After the events earlier in Calusia, he is dreaming about giant trolleys being pushed by giant talus. <laughs> and one day, we'll build a talus with a trolley so big, it will destroy them all! Wait, what? <laughs> I just thought that it was so funny that he is just so, you know, enamored by by trolleys is trolley a sexuality because i feel like trolley could be a sexuality with him um it's the first so sure all right the first home of trolley sexuals sure <sighs> we've just created a thing I now mean, haven't we uh, i mean the internet would have done it at some point if we didn't we are the internet dun Ew. dun dun I Doom feel like train this is the confirmed. Thing we find out that we're the monsters. <sighs> You're not wrong. Anyway. Oh, anyways, uh, but so they also mentioned having recently been visited by Chai Nuz, who seems to be looking uh, for all sorts of information and ideas, uh, as of uh, with in relation to a lot of the stonework stuff that he did. Hmm. Uh, back at the inn, Alice asks Becklug to help to let her create the clay familiar. And the new moon notes that Alice's personal knowledge of the afflicted and her strong desire to help them will make that magic more potent before agreeing to her request. Alice makes a 
valiant attempt <laughs> to sculpt the clay shell for the familiar. I thought it was adorable. I mean, it was cute in a green, in does, a cringy kind of way. She, Alphino, clearly got all of the artist genes in the family. Much to Stola's regret, I'm sure. But uh, Alice got all of the sassy. Sassy from time to time. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely an uneven distribution there. Yeah. But Beck Lug assures her that it is not the physical shape, but the beliefs of the most. And the young woman murmurs Halric and Tesling's names as she prepares to invoke the familiar. Alice repeats the incantation that Beck Lug teaches her, and her clay creation springs forth to become a pudgy little porksy that she names Angelo. Go, Angelo! Yeah, they. you can actually talk to Alice uh, post-quest, and she will mention that the name comes from a dog that she had uh, when she was a kid. Alphano apparently after some uh, academic thing or another, but uh, her choice ended up prevailing. Uh, so, yes. I mean, really, it's going to be a, hey, they're going to get in all the Final Fantasy VIII things, but... It, it was a cute way to insert that reference. I approve. Yes. Uh, but so, uh, Angelo shines a light on Halric, and after a moment, few hesitating moments, he is able to speak for the first time, calling out, Mother. It is a small step, but a promising one, as Becklug does uh, note a bit of color returning to the boy's soul. And Alice, meanwhile, is lost in uh, thought about whether something similar could be put to use to help uh, Gabu back on the source. I know a lot of uh, people in various lore forums were very excited about the possibility of something that might be able to undo tempering, which we've long thought as, hey, once it's there, this is un uh, irreversible. I'm wondering about that. I mean, because if you think about it, the... Um action of light is to actually stagnate which is what's happening here but um other elements aren't going to be acting in the same fashion so they're not actually stagnating the soul right i think it's less about that specific thing and more just like the general idea of uh, manipulating quite... that type of aether instead yeah like kind of a here's this way that you have this ether that was over the ether of this person's soul that is over-suffused with this thing and being able to, like, kind of bring it back into a more balanced state. So if if light is stagnating, what would uh, dark aether actually do? Would it overproduce? Uh, so this is something that, again, we don't necessarily have a good... Uh, I had got... This is uh, another thing that we've had a lot of discussions about with no clear answers at this point i'm leaning towards okay we've got stasis so it's kind of this opposite to it for which uh i'd been using the term dynamis in part because static dynamic so stasis dynamic dynamis and in part just because of the hey why not traumatize some people while i'm talking about <laughs> dynamis uh uh ishgard confirmed you will never escape dynamis <laughs> never that's what we're actually getting in uh the the new uh, Diadem. It's they're renaming it from Diadem to Dynamis. Oh boy! <laughs> Come on, you know you love the idea. Yeah. No, I I, I find it deeply amusing, though it's 
mostly that bit of me that's like, yes, everyone needs to suffer as I suffer. I should not indulge that bit of me too often. No, realistically, I'm, I apologize for kind of sidetracking us there, but I do want to know what the uh, different suffused aethers will actually do to the, a living um, body. You and a lot of other people. So I'm hoping that we get a little bit of information on that so we can maybe use that to, uh, you know, figure out what the nature of Aether in this world actually is. And see if it actually, you know, integrates into real life stuff. That could be kind of weird, huh? Like, I get why you would want to know that. At the same time, that requires the writers to commit to a lot of stuff, to define a bunch of things that could then tie their hands later. So I'm not sure, realis yeah. just from a storytelling perspective, how much I would expect to get. But it's certainly something that we wonder about. Yeah, it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. No oh. argument here. Okay, sorry. No worries. Uh, but so, with that little bit of light of hope... Uh, we're ready to head back to the Christmas progress on this front, but we're interrupted by Kai Shear showing up, the Miss Tell who we uh, helped get into Yulemore way back when. He's uh, he's there to let us know that Lady Chai is in dire need of our help back in Yulemore. Dire need. I mean, it's Lady Chai. It, it, we would have uh, gone no matter what. We love her. She is precious to us. Speak for yourself. She's delightful. She grows on you, but... You just know that, like, she'll invite you to tea, and it'll be the best one, and she'll try to make good conversation and be so worried about if you're having a nice time, because she just wants it to be nice for you. As long as she doesn't try to give me a hug. You just know her hugs are the best hugs. I don't want to spend that long in the infirmary. You'll know so why. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, we leave Alice back in Amarang, and we arrive at Yulmore to find a deeply distressed Dulia Chai. Um, she tells us that uh, Chai News, her her little Chai, has gone missing, and she is beside herself, as always. One little thing goes wrong, and it's the end of the world as we know it. She feels but I her feel feelings fine. hard. Can you fight? falter for that no she does she does she's like either 100 on or 100 off anyway um in the in the absence of uh former leadership it, it turns out um people of yulemore conducted an election of sorts and uh those of sorts. of sorts nobody actually volunteered but because of his notoriety in a positive way um Chai News's name was uh, thrown out there, and he, his name was uh, written down more than anybody else's. So they want him to lead the people of Yulemore going forward. Man, can you be forced to be mayor? That's like a very worrisome political prospect. No, well, he's he's not against the idea but uh he starts you know asking people questions you know talking well, to people and at he this, disappears at this, at this point though he, we just know that he was uh then he's vanished and it kind of feels like maybe the pressure got to be too much for him he's our favorite nervous cat dad yeah it's true i was just gonna kind of mix these two together since they oh, were go for it. Um, go for it. very short um 
So she is best cat dad, just like she is best cat mom. So to uh, tr we, we're going to try and retrace his steps to find out what what happened, where he went, and we uh, we talk with uh, the the boutique of splendors uh, vendor. We talk with the uh, the captain of the Ulmoran army, and we also talk with a few people down in the derelicts. Um, and we're starting to really put together a picture of what happened and what Master Chai was thinking as he was uh, kind of making his way through Yulmore. And um, we, the reports we receive, we receive are kind of at odds with the idea that Master Chai might have panicked and run away versus maybe he wants to just find out more about what's actually happening within Yulmore and maybe in Kalusia in general. Yeah, um, he's taking it seriously, it seems like. So he's weighing his options at this point and maybe trying to... Uh, put together a good picture here. Um, but none of the answers that we've received from anybody we've talked to have actually put, given us an answer to where he went. All right. So as we're putting together this broader picture of uh, Master Chai's movements and what's been going on, Alphano concludes that his concern is not just about Yulmore, but at this point all of the settlements and people of Calusia. And so he suggests that we split up to search the island. Kaishir checking Gate Town, Athleno searching Stilltide, and we are uh, left with Wright. Uh, right. At Wright, we talk... Right. Ugh. We talk with the people there, and uh, learn that there was indeed a well-dressed Mistel who wanted to discuss relations between Wright and Yulmore. Kaishir reports a similar story from Gate Town, and we conclude that his next stop would be Amity, that small settlement near the top rung in the upper parts of Calusia. We do indeed find Chai Nuz there. Uh, confused, he mentions that he had actually left a note <laughs> for Julia in their chambers before coming to the conclusion that she must have just overlooked it. And She's that still he, best. he has to apologize profusely when he returns. Yeah. You do not make her upset. Not because she'll hurt you, but because she'll be so sad. And you cannot stand to have that on your conscience. Anyways. <laughs> if you cannot tell, I just adore her. She's delightful. Uh, but... So, to the matter at hand, while China's has been trying to learn more about the problems facing the citizens of Calusia, he still sees himself as more of an entrepreneur than a politician, and he's reluctant to take up the mantle of office. At this point, he is seeking the help of Renden, the former chief advisor to Vothri's father. Uh, we are overheard by Tristol, the artist that we met outside of Yulmore. And after putting aside his differences with Chinas, Tristel tells us that we can find Rendon by Pit 8, just outside of Amity. At Pit 8, Rendon listens as Chinas explains his findings and proposes a grand plan to begin the restoration of Yulmore. In order to address the most pressing issue, that of the dwindling food stores, Yulmore is going to use its accumulated wealth to purchase supplies as a temporary measure. They're also going to work on improving relations with the other Calusian settlements with a long-term goal of reestablishing agricultural production. Chinas also notes that this plan started as an abstract idea, but it took concrete form as he spoke with the residents of Calusia. Isn't it kind Brendan, of crazy how all of that kind of formed together with all of his uh, exploration? Yeah. I mean, 
it kind of makes sense. He uh, getting out there and actually seeing what problems are facing the area gave him a little bit more idea of what needs to be done. And the fact that they included this in a game like this is, I think, the most amazing part. And that it was a well thought out and well concocted plan. Mm-hmm. Not just an always- A plus B equals C simple plan, but I mean something that actually has a lot of real world merit. Yeah, this has always uh, been a big strength of a lot of the stuff they do. The idea that that this feels like a living, breathing world. That it's not just a, oh, hey, we've defeated the bad guy and now everything's done. That now there's what comes after. Mm-hmm. The nation is the hardest part. But it, it's, I think, some of the most interesting stuff to actually see how the world runs. Oh, absolutely. Like, the fact that it's hard is what makes it interesting. Yes. It's not something where you can just go in, swing around a sword or axe or staff a few times, and everything's done. It's like, now the real work starts. Uh, But Rendon is impressed by this plan, but he notes that a plan by itself is not going to be enough. Uh, We need to provide the means to make that plan happen. China's fashion... Uh, the Mistel proposes the use of Talos to help build and maintain settlements. Of course. I mean, it, it's what he spent most of his life doing. It's the thing he knows really well. I can't fault him that much. No, you it. can't, but it's just still, it's, it's, it is true China's fashion. <laughs> when you have a Talos, every problem looks like a... a hmm. Like a something. Anyway. um so rather than build talos from scratch which would be a costly and extremely time-consuming endeavor uh, he suggests that we uh use his knowledge and capture the uh the, the the wild ones the abandoned units um that are wandering the upper parts of kalusia um and of course because it fits in with the uh the storyline, he presents a crate of canisters filled with an insulating powder that can instantly stop the flow of aether in a Talos. Because reasons. I mean, it's not unreasonable to think that they would have some type of measure for being able to shut down a rampaging Talos. I know, just the fact that he has it right on him right now. Just like his bat carousel reversal spray. Yes. <laughs> that is like one of my favorite Simpsons references. da 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 um, so all that is needed is to get within range and throw a task that even he can do and a task he volunteers to do determined to stand on his own two feet for once rather than leaving everything up to somebody else. Now I have to say that that was one of the most interesting little twists that we've seen that we are not the ones who have to do everything that we're actually going to be supporting an NPC. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we saw especially a lot in the earlier storyline and something that the Dark Knight quests specifically point out, just how many people kind of rely on us to do everything. Yep. And seeing people learn to take those first steps, to stand on their own, that's the thing that's really rewarding. It's like the greatest thing for a hero is to no longer be needed. Also giving us a chance to go drink some... uh... My ties and uh I mean I did love that one in the uh was it the uh physical DPS role quest? 
Which one? Oh, the one where it's like, okay, and we're going to need all these parts for this. So I'm going to go get them and you just chill out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, oh, they're learning to stand without us. So beautiful. But, I mean, that whole quest arc was about his growth, though, so. Well, yes. But we can talk That's about that in another episode when we talk about all the role quests. Woo! So, but yes, right now it's time for Metal Gear China's... Metal Gear. <laughs> God, if it's not apparent, I adore Weird Cat Dad. He's kind of the best. That entire, like, both of them, they're so wonderful. <laughs> Do you think that, that those are your parents now? No, they're kind of, like... So, like, Yishtola is kind of like Team Mom, but Dulia Chai is also Team Mom. Like, Yishtola is the harsh, snarky mom, and Dulia Chai is the loving, caring mom. Back me up on this, someone. Crickets. Oh. Crickets. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Anyway. Is it my turn? I think you, you were, we're yeah, because we aren't. Yeah, you're you're still in the middle of that of the this quest finding good help. Oh, I thought you were reading that one. No, you. you oh, it was me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I started commenting as I do. And and then I lost it. Never mind. That's normal for me too because it's been one of those weeks. <clears throat> All right. So, um, with encouragement and a little bit of guidance from us, Chai News incapacitates three Talos. And with a few modifications, um, the now-obedient automatons follow him as he returns triumphantly to Yulmore. And we arrive in Gate Town, Talos marching behind to a shocked and amazed crowd, including one Dulia Chai, so overcome with emotion at the return of her husband that she expresses her relief and joy in a powerful embrace. Aww. A powerful like life chokingly powerful embrace. <laughs> See, all of you was like, no, Dulia Chai's not fat. That is pure muscle. I think she would give Godbird a run for her for the money. She loves him so much. It's so beautiful. Or, or maybe uh Julian. So like who? like a different type, because like she wouldn't be the like angry seething destroy you with a pan type. Okay, she's the anti-Julian. She is she she kills with love. Exactly. Good old fashioned, highly weaponized love. Wait, what? <laughs> so is that how we're gonna oh. beat the Garleans with the power of love? As expressed in big old bone crushing hugs. Dun, dun, but first we're gonna need dun. to figure out how to get Dulia Chai to the source. Well, we are Come working on, on that for for you us. You know it'd so. be hilarious. Oh, I'm not denying it, but huh. but so oh yeah, a little bit more on here. Um, so after Chai News regains his consciousness, Arendin expresses his admiration for the great strides that uh, this fledgling mayor has made, and pledges his support to Master Chai uh, with his knowledge of politics. So that way the businessman can uh, concentrate on or is able to then help uh, use his strengths to better Yulmore. 
Yeah. Like, he was clear repeatedly that entrepreneurship and the like is much more his speed. The politicking stuff is something he's just not as knowledgeable or comfortable with. So a large part of it is just trying to find those people who are going to be able to do the good things. But I think with the situation that Yulmore is currently in, having somebody with a, a bit of business acumen is actually going to be the, their, their best bet. Oh yeah, they've got a lot of rebuilding to do. Uh, so, at Rendon's behest, Chai Nuz prepares for his inaugural address as mayor of Yulmore, and bonded and free citizens alike are invited to Lord Vothry's former chambers to hear his speech. Chai Nuz begins by noting the strangeness of the gathering, filled not only with free citizens, also with the former bonded, as well as residents of the derelicts in Gate Town, groups that would never have been allowed under Vothry's rule. One thing, I just, sorry, I have to interrupt here. Sure. Is anybody else extremely distressed at the fact that they didn't even clean up the room? Uh, in what way? <laughs> there were bottles and plates and everything strewn all over the place. Yeah. I'm off as a, hey, they didn't want to redo the entire set for it, but that's a fair thing. And I think uh, uh, China's even mentions that... Uh, hey, they're not going to be ruling from here. They're just going to have their stuff go from uh, the parlor, same as before. Maybe they, nobody had been up there since. Maybe, possibly. But it just just seems odd if you're going to have if you're going to have a big uh, speech up there, send somebody to tidy up a little bit, just a little. <laughs> what would you call uh, them? Uncultured fucks. No. <laughs> going on like i'm willing to forgive them they've got a bit going on here what's your excuse are you rebuilding an entire uh, city state and its industry yes oh okay carry on <laughs> let no one say that i am not reasonable or i'll have them executed Wait, with what? hugs mm. sorry prepare the hug chamber See, we can make it sound sinister. Okay. Sure. <coughs> Anyways. Uh, he declares that the old systems must be undone, and that whatever Yulmore will become, that answer cannot be decided by a single person. He proposes holding an open forum to discuss the future of Yulmore, and that he will serve as an interim mayor only until the state, according to determined by its people. He further pledges to do everything in his power to maintain the safety and stability of the city, while all of its people work together to solve the issues that Yulmore faces, agriculture, industry, and relations with its neighbors. Like, it was a nice uh, speech. Uh, it was kind of like a very solid workhorse of a speech, I felt. Mm -hmm. it, it fits the character. Yep. Definitely. I mean, especially the awkward start. Uh, weird cat dad is doing his best. <laughs> and you can tell there's like a little bit of uh, shock at some parts of it some of the people when he announces that he's not planning to be their mayor forever just for I think it's clear that like people haven't fully adjusted to the idea that hey there's going to be a lot of work involved yeah but I, I think as they get moving on this they're going to determine that yeah, it's going to be a lot tougher than they thought, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. 
The best things always are. And that, in fact, was one of his themes uh, throughout this. This idea that, like, hey, these old ways can't continue. This new stuff is going to be hard, but we're going to do it together. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was very inspiring. Uh, And so, content that the future of Yulmore is in good hands, Alphano declares himself ready to return to the source and leaves for the Crystal Tower. Meanwhile, Kaishir muses on his place in the Yul- new Yulmore, uh, declaring that he wants to be a part of building a brighter future for it. Hint, hint, hint. And then we help him become a club promoter. Have you been doing those quests? Yeah. We pretty much help him become a club promoter. Yeah. It's actually pretty oh. cute. It is. Oh, who would have thought he'd turn out to be such a not trash bag? I mean, anyone who's played this game for a bit, wherein you find out that most people are actually just trying to do their best. Yes. This game has a a fairly positive view of the world and people. I like it. It's refreshing. Sure. All right. And then, uh, so now with um, Yulmore in capable hands, the future looks bright and even... The long-suffering Kai Shear has found both a place and purpose. Um, yet there are still problems that remain to be solved, not the least of those with your fellow Scions. So we will go back to the Crystarium, hopeful that Beck Lug has made headway in their research. Uh, so we head back, discover that the work on the White Ario site has not gone as intended. In fact, your comrades have decided to pursue an alternative solution having realized that the original plan would have inevitably broken the link between body and soul. Uh, between mind, mind and soul. soul. Body, yeah, we've got body, soul. mind, and soul now. Ugh. <laughs> um, and while they labor on, Ishtola suggests that we return to the source and let Kryl and the others know everything that's happened so far. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably nice to let them know at the very least. Uh, yeah, we're working on that whole their bodies are a decomposing thing. We're not like we're not just totally stuff's happening. It's hard. So I wonder how much time actually trans goes between our visits back and forth. I mean, they did it. It is explicitly a thing where like time flows weirdly. So they've got they have enough wiggle room for whatever they want to do with it. It's very wibbly wobbly. <sighs> Timey wimey. Jeremy Baramy. <laughs> have you not been watching The Good Place? No. Anyway. Anyways. So, back at the Rising Stones, uh, Tadaru greets our return with her customary enthusiasm. Um, and um, though she wants to hear all about it, um, she waits for Kryle to, to join us, who is who's uh, continuing to complete her uh, daily uh, ministrations of the Scion's bodies. See, I wonder, oh, yes, we're taking care. It's like, what exactly is she doing? Their bodies are doing, like, is she changing their bedpans? I rather hope that someone is. You know, making sure they don't get sores and. Exactly. You got to turn them over from time to time. They always gloss over these things, but it's kind of one of those, like, messy realities of people having bodies. And no sooner have we completed telling our tale than we are joined considerably surprised by the elusive Estinian, Chilia's favorite, who brings troubling tidings from the Empire. Um, now, Estinian's account of his journey 
is interrupted when both us and Kryle are overcome by the power of the Echo. Um, and now in a, in a series of visions of the Dragoon's recent past, we see the murder of Emperor Varys, a grueling battle with Xenos himself, and an encounter with a mechanical monstrosity bearing a striking resemblance to the ultimate weapon. Now, side, side note, that entire thing was really badass, and I wish my limit breaks looked half that good. Right? If Dragoon were half that fun, you wouldn't be floor tanking. I would have changed any of Chili's opinion about Astinian. Probably not, but one wonders. I think I asked him about it, and he said he thought it was fun, but it's still Astinian. I think he, he pretended Harsh. it wasn't Astinian. So harsh. Um, but that fight, it, 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 while it seemed really difficult, if you read the tooltips on the, uh, um, the actions that were given, it's actually not so bad. Yeah, as a general rule, take a look over the tooltips when you do a role-playing sequence. They'll usually have a, mo uh, like a moment at the beginning before you engage with enemies where you have time to look it over. And if you, like, there was one that's like, hey, this is your basic attack. Also, it drains hit points. Yes, that was nice. Basically telling yeah. us, you can't die. I was also amused by the fact that I was talking about loading in various programs. And so, for instance, then it's program 14, and then it's the kind of the iconic FF14 Ultima weapon. And then program 12, and it's the one that's kind of the FF12 area. So it's like, okay, they're totally lampshading this at this point. A little bit, but it was still a fun fight. Oh, it was great. I'm not going to argue with that. One of my favorite, it was one of my favorite uh, um, role play scenarios. Mm -hmm. Giggity. Yeah, when I saw the description, it's like, oh, hey, that thing's a limit break. Okay, we're going to be using a limit break at some point. It was amazing, too. Yeah. All right. Like, I saw that, it's like, okay, we're going to be using a limit break, and that's Okay, I regret being so dismissive. That was awesome. <laughs> so when we eventually return to our senses, Estinian presses on with the reports, concluding at length that the Empire poses no threat for the present, though it remains to be seen where Xenos will resurface next. His contract with Tatru thus fulfilled, our old friend gruffly takes his leave to the disappointment of all present except for Chili. Because oh. Chili... Yeah. Why chilly? So harsh. I think he went to go see his friend Amrick because, you know, they wanted to go bang. Eh, that's not one of my shifts, but I'll allow it. I'm sure it's canon somewhere. I don't think you understand how canon works. <laughs> it's somebody's head canon. <sighs> anyway. Everyone else has resumed their work, leaving us the rare opportunity to enjoy a moment's respite. But can there ever truly be rest for the righteous? The presence sure. of Xenos alone is proof that powerful forces are yet at play, waiting unseen to pounce on any weakness. Until they see fit to reveal themselves, however, you can do not but steal yourself for what is to come. Dun dun dun. <sighs> And, of course, we did have a couple meanwhile sequences, as usual. I'm trying to remember what they all were. So there's the one where uh, we see uh, the freshly erupted Garlean War of Succession. 
it did not take long. Though I suppose with uh, Varys out of the picture and Xenos completely uncaring to step back in. Yeah, true. And so we see the first clashing against the third, uh, with Xenos watching overhead and being approached by some type of mysterious figure, offering him a chance to hunt the greatest prey, referred to in this case as Zodiac. Well, you also have to remember that, that this uh, uh, mysterious figure is also robed in white. Right, but not quite the sa- looking the same as Elidibus usually does. Yeah, well, it, it's it, unclear it, if this is possibly a new player, if maybe their goal is to have them defeat, destroy Zodiac, or perhaps to bring back Zodiac for the purpose of fighting him, which will then have brought back Zodiac. Because Zodiac. It's, un- it's unclear who or what they're allied with. Uh, we also do have that scene uh, in the first with uh, the uh, uh, warrior that looks rather a lot like Ardbear. Is this ringing any bells? Slightly. Yeah, it seems, I think Elidibus mentioned something about trying to have us mired in the first. So perhaps the goal is now just to get us bogged down in going on in the first and unable to return home. Once again, it's one of those situations where we've got a lot of cryptic stuff going on and more questions than answers, which apparently is the way we like it, so I can't argue that much. Uh Uh-huh, (sighs) uh-huh. Are you going to kill me yet? Uh, Probably not. Oh. You missed that reference, then. (laughs) Anyway. Oh. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> um, and then there was also that little quest uh, at the very, very end with oh, yes. Filet uh, Mignon. <laughs> Philemon. <laughs> Philemon. Yes, uh, that's uh, fairly easy to miss, but Tataru, if you talk to, after all the scenes I've played, if you talk to Tataru, she mentions that Philemon had wanted to talk to you about something or another and that she's waiting for you. And that opens up an extra little side quest that it's kind of a bittersweet little coda to the uh, a lot of the stuff with Minfilia, kind of closing out that story. But like bittersweet in a good way. Yeah, I'm not crying. You're crying. Oh, I was crying. I oh, was, wait, we're supposed to not acknowledge that. Well, I, I wasn't crying, but I, I, I felt the, the pangs. So, I mean, it was well-written. Yeah. They did a good job. 5.1, good patch. Yeah. So, <sighs> so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed our retelling oh. of, the, of the story. Yeah, it definitely was one that was a little more focused on the scene setting. A lot of it was setting up stuff uh, for the future, but every, you need to have some of those table setting patches every so yeah. often. Now, initially, I was a little bit um, upset by the the way they, they distracted us to go over to Yulmore. But once we actually got into that quest, it, it made a little more sense. And it was kind of nice to, to help to rebuild the... Uh, um, the political structure of the city-state. Yeah. Plus, Sarah likes his mommy and daddy. I mean, okay. In 5.0, we had Weird Cat Dad Dating Simulator. Then, in 5.1, we have Weird Cat Dad Metal Gear Solid. I don't know what's coming next, but I look forward to it. 5.2 is going to have um, 
weird cat dad uh, fishing game. Oh my gosh, am I going to get to go fishing with weird cat dad? 5.3 is going to bring us um, um, weird cat dad cooking simulator. Oh my god! Okay, I need someone to knock me out until 5.3. You do not know how hard I would play that. Okay, maybe you do. And then we're going to, 5.4 is going to bring us weird cat dad story time. I mean, if this means we get more picture books at the Cabinet of Curiosity, I guess I'm down for this. <laughs> Could you call Weird Cat Dad a Necromancer? <laughs> oh my god, I hate you, King. Why did you have to bring that up? I am going to set you on fire. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, no, Kane, I love no. you. You are forbidden from talking. <laughs> we love you, Kane. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Why do you do this to me? Is it because of my hilarious reactions? Yes. Oh. Okay, yeah, that checks out. Yes. All right. <laughs> and yes, um, we were thinking about something we could potentially discuss as a lore segment for tonight, but we figured, you know what? We don't always have to have a lore segment. We don't always have to have a two-hour-long um, episode, so... Uh that said, there was one thing I wanted to mention just because it came up in some discussions and I thought it was interesting. Okay. Uh, sure. So, uh, there actually was a bit of discussion about one of the lines in the MSQ. Uh, let me go ahead and pull up the thing. So, uh, early on, when uh, we're discussing what's to be done about the problem, Grahatia does his usual... The heck? Sorry. His weird okay, the heck? Wow. <sighs> uh... But is discussing his usual, oh, hey, I'm willing to sacrifice myself. Like, I'm willing to kill myself in order to do all this. And Alice is calling him out as that with the, uh, so let's see. I've got the line here because this was something that. Oh, yeah, that bit you were, we were talking yeah. about. This was something that actually came up for some discussion with the lore mongers because a lot of people were upset about the, uh, the, that this scene from the Japanese script. So let me first go ahead and actually get uh, get the text of it here. So here we are. Grahatia, I would not soon throw my life away, not after the length you and yours went to save it. And as long as I breathe, I will spare no effort to see you safely home. But should all else fail and your lives be at stake, there remains one sure method. At this point, Alice walks forward and flicks Graha in the forehead. <laughs> oh, what was that for? How can you even entertain such thoughts? You owe your life to the Warrior of Light, and you don't get to die unless they say so. Yishtola smirks. Your followers await your divine judgment. Everyone freezes and looks at her, shocked and embarrassed. Laughing. If the two of you are finished, perhaps we could return to our discussion? Now this... I absolutely love that line. Uh, this was one where in the Japanese text... Uh, she says something more along the lines of like, oh, it must be hard to be so loved. She's making a joke about the idea that they are both in, in love with you and devoted to you. And so there are a lot of people who were complaining about, oh, hey, the North American localization team went and changed the script. They changed the character, uh, all sorts of stuff about that, which is honestly a little bit annoying because we've had, we've been having this for like nearly 
where there isn't an original Japanese script and then everyone else translating from that. The script is, for all the languages, is developed in collaboration between the different teams, and there's not a single master script for it. It's localized for each area, so they understand the references, the tiny little jokes, things like that. Uh, And it's something where... It's not just that it's localized, because localization often suggests that there's an original one that came from, but they're developing it together. Uh, there's a lot of stuff with uh, in early 1.0 with leave descriptions, where the Japanese one was a very straightforward, stayed one. The English ones, they started like expanding them out a little bit, just because, hey, like this is what we want this to be something that's actually motivating people to do this quest. And after a bit, the Japanese uh, team was like, hey, wow, your stuff sounds really cool. Can we go ahead and translate that back into ours? And so from there, they've taken a much more collaborative approach. Uh, I went ahead and made a a post on the official forums that summed up some of the feeling about this that I just wanted to share. Okay. Uh, So I saw he comments, I saw this one making the rounds on Twitter, and it kind of irked me, to be honest. Comparisons between the client languages are always presented without the surrounding context. And they don't take into account how those characters have behaved in that client language for the last nine years. And that's assuming the person complaining has good reading comprehension in the first place, which is across that nine decade, let's call it inconsistent. A little bit of snark there, though, honestly, kind of fair. Uh, He then uh, includes the full context of the scene, uh, the lines from it. The entire point of the conversation is to find new ideas for getting everyone home. Graha backslides into sacrificing himself again, which everyone has already taken off the table. But he cares about and admires the Warrior of Light that much. Alice pounces on it because she, on the other hand, cares about and adores the Warrior of Light so much that she finds their time, effort, and friendship so valuable that for Graha to think so little of his own life is ungrateful. Immoral, even. But she's Alice, so her phrasing is clumsy. Ishtola realizes they've gone off the rails. These are outdated, unhelpful, emotionally charged conversation points. She's deliberately cutting to the quick by to interrupt it, highlighting that they're putting the warrior light on a pedestal they never asked to stand on. That's what she does. Deadpan humor that goes for the jugular. She spent nine years in the English client as someone who keeps a steely professional persona that she uses as a crutch, even in social situations. She spent her entire adolescence in a cave, alone with a cantankerous old mage. Her social skills suck. She doesn't know what to do with that script. We've seen her slowly come out of her shell over these nine years, and usually it manifests as deadpan jokes that cut deep and reveal just how much she's paying attention, just how well she knows her companions, and just how much she actually cares. In Japanese, it's, well, clearly they're both in love with you. The English client also makes subtle, what if Graha's admiration is also love? What if Alsei's adoration is also love? Nods. But it walks a tightrope with it because the story is whatever you want it to be. Every player has to be able to say, oh, Alisei's in love with me, but Graha's just a sappy friend. Or, Graha's in love with me, Alisei's just an overzealous kid. Or, they've both got crushes, but I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this is something where they've, uh, speaking as Sarah for a moment, they've uh, explicitly said that, yes, they do want to leave it ambiguous because they do want to leave it open for the player to decide uh, which characters they might be interested 
be want to have that idea of the relationship. They don't want it to be shoehorned into a, this is the Warrior of Light's canon love interest. So they want to leave the door open for all of those. So you can imagine the one that you would like. So they can uh, create the Final Fantasy XIV dating simulator? Weird Cat Dating Sim 2.0! Anyways, the scene is about Graha killing himself for the good of the Warrior of Light versus Alice declaring that he doesn't get to die until the Warrior of Light says so. They're both being naive about a grave matter, and Ishtola is chiding them for it by pointing out that they're treating the Warrior of Light like a god who need only speak one word to arbitrate whether Grahatia is to live or to die to their benefit. How is this at all weird or inconsistent? That's the Ishtola we've known all along. It's enough to say, I think the way Japanese has portrayed her all these years resonates with me better, without attacking the localization team using cherry-picked one-liners to prop up your case on the shock of seeing how the butterfly effect has caused context to diverge far enough that one line's intent is manifested through totally different presentations. The intent was the same in every language. Ishtola says something deeply accurate and personal to shock them out of their naivete and get the conversation moving. Since that had come up in the discussion, uh, we were discussing it for a fair bit, mostly the blowback to it. Just a lot of the localization stuff, yes, you are going to get differences between those language versions, but trying to pick those out of context, it's frustrating for us to watch. This is something where, as I said, over the course of most of a decade, We've seen these little divergences where they're still doing it with the same intent to uh, accomplish the same thing within the scene, but they're going to do different ways to uh, use different words to do it. And that doesn't mean that anyone's being a hack with the translation. You're a hack. I mean, yes, but we try not to acknowledge that. <laughs> it's but, just kind of weird. But no, that, that is a good point that you yeah. bring up. So, I mean... It, the little yeah, one-liners, they, they like to throw them in there to give the player base something to kind of be like, whoa, you know, see if they're paying attention, for one. Yeah, and I mean, like, some of it is just stuff that drives the story forward. And some of it's just Koji being Koji. And we love him. Yes. All right. <sighs> Anything else on that? Um, I think that's about it. As I said, a lot of stuff in this... Uh, patch was a little bit less like super amped up exciting uh whatnots but a lot of it was more hey we're setting the stage hey we're preparing these things having alpha no feel like like we had alpha no feeling like he's able to uh leave with the work he wants because the ultimate goal is to bring all the scions back home but they've developed their own attachments to this uh world in the meantime and they don't want to leave with having things unfinished so a lot of this is giving them the opportunity to get those things done. In Alphano's case, to create this better Yule more. So I think we're going to uh, be seeing a fair bit more of this type of thing, where they're uh, preparing for those bigger, uh, like, the larger strokes of the plot. And in uh, the course of that, we're going to have a lot of these, like, kind of smaller scale things. All right. So I think that's going to do it for this episode then, guys. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, we'd appreciate it if you left a rating or review. It helps other people find the show and helps us to grow within the Final Fantasy podcast community. 
And if you really dig the show, you can consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdawnradio, and you'll get access to a whole bunch of cool emotes and uh, subscriber badges. Or you can uh, consider joining our Patreon, like our amazing friend Roy Fenrir, uh, and you can find that out at patreon.com slash phoenixdawnradio. All proceeds go towards growing the show, covering some of the, the mundane stuff like the hosting costs, but it also allows us to do some fun things like giveaways and things like that. But any support, whether it's emails, likes, tweets, retweets, follows, subs, or donations, they're all greatly appreciated. We love hearing from you guys and interacting with everybody. If you want to catch out all of our backlog of uh, shows, I mean, we've got 107 other ones, plus a couple others too, out at phoenixdownradio.com. If you have a question or a, a suggestion for the show, you can email us, podcast at phoenixdownradio.com. You can catch us out at Twitter at phxdnradio. Um, or you can uh, see all of our uh, videos out at youtube.com slash phoenixdownradio. So, Sarah, do you have any shout-outs? Um, I suppose a uh, shout-out to, shout to Rockle Montaigne, who uh, was being helpful with providing some merciful stuff again. We still only have half the Cocobolo lumber that we need for our uh, sub-upgrade, but we're working on it. You'll get there. Uh, Shout-out, yeah. Shout-out to uh, Kane Thorbreaker, who uh, sent a very kind gift. He had a leftover webcam that he went ahead and sent to me, so at some point I'm going to get that set up. And then I guess I have to actually start paying attention to my appearance, don't I? Well, cause, you know, down the road, maybe we'll start putting up the, the webcam versions, you know, just to add something else to the show. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it'd be a good idea. I feel like actually doing uh, webcam stuff would be good just in terms of like, hey, this means I have to pay attention to my appearance. Hey, this means I need to actually take care of myself. It's probably fun. stupid people making me better. Yeah. What's up with that? How dare they? The worst. Anything else? Uh, and let's see. I feel like there's a bunch of other people I should shout out. I've had lots of people I've been talking with, uh, having fun with, and just generally blowing off steam. Uh, but nothing is coming to mind, my mind right now. I will let you know that you can follow me on uh, Twitter at FFXIVSEYRR, FF14SAIR, where I mostly post random stuff that I cooked with my friends or funny things that I found at the library. Uh, though if you and if you ever have questions about lore stuff, about minor uh, points of interest, anything else like that, I encourage you to join our Discord and post in the library. I am monitoring it pretty much all the time, and I'm always well welcoming the chance to take a break from what I'm doing. Very cool. I want to throw a shout out to everybody who donated to last week's uh, Extra Life campaign. Um, few people that uh, didn't give their real names or donated anonymously. Um, everybody who donated, you guys are all amazing. Thank you so much for your support. We are still taking donations through December 31st. So if you want to help us uh, get to our $1,000 goal, you can go check out our Extra Life campaign. Um, go to extra-life.org and search for Phoenix Down Radio. Um, Shout out to Sarah for being an amazing co-host. Thank you so much for all your help today, getting the show notes ready. Shout out to Talas. Anytime. I'm always happy to do. <laughs> all right. I wasn't sure if you were going to say anything for a second. <laughs> oh, I, I had myself muted, so I didn't make any eating. Gotcha. Uh, shout out to Talas. Uh, 
Hope you are enjoying KupoCon. We can't wait to have you on the uh, next episode. Remember, that's going to be in three weeks, December 7th. We are taking an extra week off uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, shout out to everybody watching us live here at twitch.tv slash Radio, as well as out on the podcast. Um, whatever your favorite podcast podcatcher is, we like I said, we really appreciate you guys uh, joining us for uh, for all of that. So for my co-host, Sarah Timono, I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us, and until the next time, take care. Scorpions of all sorts, not just lava ones. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open the music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Choke War theme cover and many other music videos at YouTube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at YouTube.com slash GuitarWanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.